Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, everyone, and welcome to History Dweebs. I am Tim. Welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. The topic of our podcast today is the man who refused to salute Hitler, the death of August Landmesser. Uh, August Landmesser was a German, and uh, he was uh, a shipbuilder in Nazi Germany, uh, but he uh, received a lot of criticism when he refused to salute the uh, Nazi uh, dictator Adolf Hitler, uh, Brandy's good friend, and we're going to talk about <laughs> we're going to talk <laughs> about this guy. Um, but before we do, let me remind everyone that we are a true crime comedy podcast. We use adult language. Yes, and- we do. To me, adult language. And if you're not an adult, to me, you know what you can do. What, Colonel? You can just turn your juvenile ass around and hit the fucking door, Timmy. <laughs> or you could choose one of the other very fine, independently produced uh, true crime podcasts out there, like our friends with They Walk Among Us and our friends with Already Gone. Uh, if you like politics, you can uh, tune in to Rants and Reasons. If you like ghost stories, you can tune in to uh, Brandy's podcast, Haunted Visions. And um, so they none of those podcasts use adult language, but we do because we have no Apparently, we can't control ourselves. Um, we're all 12-year-old boys at heart. Yes. We have, we have poor impulse control. That's what these podcasts should be called, Timmy, poor impulse control. <laughs> it is kind of true, Brandy. Wow. Um, I want to introduce our uh, my panel today, but apparently I'm having problems talking today. So, uh, did you have a stroke in your sleep, Timmy? Well, I may have. Or may well, who would be- know? Drugs Who would or know something. Cat. My cat would be all over it. Your well, cat would be eating your face right now, Timmy. Exactly. Mm. She hasn't bothered the Christmas trio, which is kind of amazing. Um, let How me does inter- the cat like the new place, Timmy? Uh, she seems to like it okay. Yeah, she hasn't complained much. Okay. Beats living on the street, I guess. You wouldn't <laughs> care true. if she did. No, well, what am I going to do? Move back? I'm just just curious how much you love the cat, Timmy. Hmm. Let me introduce a lady who needs no introduction, a lady who is uh, lovely and is uh, well thought of throughout the podcasting world. Hold on, hold on. on. We got a a guest this week. (laughs) A lady 
<laughs> a lady who's throughout the land is known as Brandy the Benevolent, the very lovely and talented Queen Brandy the First. How are you today, Brandy? I'm hanging in there, Timmy. How are you? I'm fine. How was your surgery? My surgery? I'm, I'm assuming that you lived. I Well, it's hard to tell. It's touch and go. Uh, but... I'm good. I'm I'm I got past the first two nights, which were the worst, and they gave me good drugs. And so here I am. I'm now. Now you you were having some plastic surgeries. That's what the colonel told me that you were uh, working on. Uh, you were getting some breast pl- implants. Is that is that what you told me? Colonel? <laughs> uh, I, I told you that was a secret to me. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, we we don't have that many listeners. So how how did it get? So your uh, surgery went okay, and your but you didn't have breast implants. You you had a serious medical issue uh, that was taken up uh, taken care of with them cutting you open. Apparently, well, apparently yes, yes. So now I'm I'm held together with you know Elmer's glue. Do they did they put? Do they have like uh, stitches in you? No, it's just. Well, I mean, I probably inside, but on the outside, it's glue. Oh, glue, super glue. It's just glue. Yeah, it's super glue. So it's um, but no, I'm I'm good. I'm tired. Like I said, I got I got some decent drugs, so that helps. And first two nights were the worst. First two nights, Dave had to take my phone because I was doing all kinds of crazy ass shit. And because you were dr- I was high, very, or I was very high. I was very very high. Uh, Evidently, anesthesia and oxys um, are, while a great combination for me, uh, others don't bode as well. When hmm. I, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, threatened our boss's dog. Um, <laughs> I didn't. Well, that, you, dog, that, that dog has it coming. It's one of those little well, designer dogs, French, yeah. some shit. Anything a, that starts with French. French. It's a Frenchie, and I threatened to find a a lovely Vietnamese restaurant with questionable beef, questionable beef standards <laughs> for the dog. Mm. Uh, I went on a Twitter tirade, and I uh, started to order a five hundred dollar wig off Amazon. <laughs> did you and do that? Did you? I, I did not. But the next, you know, the next day, I'm looking, and it was in the cart, like ready to go, and. Dave fortunately took took the phone, but what else did I do? Oh, I so when they do when they do this surgery, when they do surgery on your abdomen, they pump it full of air. Yes, mm-hmm. they do. And you know, they get out as much as they can, but some air stays in there. And so, you know, and it tends to, you know, it rises and it settles like up in your shoulders and your neck. And so that was actually the worst part was my neck and shoulders hurt so bad from all this air and I evidently texted my entire staff that I had farts in my shoulders and I wasn't feeling good. And it was just, it was a long, it was a long night. It sounds like it. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. I am. um, I am. That's good. That's a good thing. Well, you was in our thoughts and prayers, devil. I know. You were thoughts. Tim was prayers. It was very. No, no. Other way around. It was my prayers that pulled you through this, devil. They did. Thank you so much. Thank you. you. You know you flatlined on the table there. I would not be surprised by that. You know when they, you know when they do surgery on you, you know they do any type of surgery like that. They put all your uh, intestines and stuff. They pull all those out. Yeah, and they on your chest. They polish yeah. them and everything. Yeah. Well, this was this was laparoscopic, so mm. 
I don't think they did that because it would be tricky to get all my intestines back through those little holes. They they but, bring them all out and then they take pictures of them and then sure. they polish them. Right, they polish also, them. They also took pictures of you naked, devil. You know that. Mm-hmm. You know what? If that's there's naked pictures of you on the medical internet, on the medical dark web, devil. God, God love them. They deserve it. Then they deserve <laughs> whatever it is they see. All I'm saying. Well, let me let me introduce a man, Brandy. That really needs no introduction. A man who is considered the most dangerous man in podcasting. He's yeah. been called an oasis in a desert of despair. A man who is of high moral standards. <laughs> the, the very honorable. A man has been called the, uh, you know, I don't know. He's been called something. The very honorable. The Yoda of podcasting. The Yoda the of podcasting. <laughs> yes, the Yoda podcasting. He's a moral beacon. The very honorable Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawk Walters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? I'm not good, Timmy. Oh, what's, what's wrong? Because this was your birthday week. It was my birthday week, Timmy. Mm-hmm. But I thought I was waiting all week for that call, Timmy. For from the call from him. Ambassador to the United Nations. Oh. That job was promised to me. We struck up a deal. I was going to go in there and whip them into shape. Who promised you that? Who promised you that? I, I'm not going to. This is off the record. Well, um, you know, well, they had a, they, you know, you're, it's hard for you to compete with Fox News anchors, Colonel. Well, yeah. These type of jobs. I believe that, uh, I believe that was a sexist decision, Timmy. You do. Do you think you're a victim? I am a victim. I'm uh, a your victim thoughts I'm on that, Brandy? discriminated against. Yes, Brent, because, because white males have always been victims throughout history. Well, see, there's a power hierarchy here, Timmy. Mm-hmm. Blondes with big boobs that tend to hold all the power in the world. Mm. And this woman, I was all set. As there was marriage. I'd ordered my chair, everything else. And you order your chair. Came. How about your I stapler? I, I was going to bring my own stapler, my own red I stapler. See. I see. But it appears I will not be, you know. You just cannot trust these people in Washington, Timmy. Yes, I. Wait a minute. Let me sit down for that. Because yeah, I think Colonel, I think you should consider running for president yourself. Well, I believe I am going to next time, Timmy. I I, I did it last time. I dropped out mm-hmm. because I was only interested in uh, making sure Ted didn't win. My friend, Ted my Cruz, good friend and, Ted yeah. Cruz. Yeah. Now yeah. we've since been defenses, Timmy. I see. Yeah. But uh, that was the last election, of course, is when the nation decided that Donald Trump would be a better president than you. Well, no, I had pulled out by that time. Yeah. Had I known that they were going to go in that direction, she I said. would have stayed in there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Colonel, I'm, you know, I'm sorry you know, that you were passed over for uh, secretary of or whatever, the ambassador for the United Nations. I'm sure you would have done a fine job. Well, I would have done a fine job, but and I believe we got well. Yeah, I, well I, I, I'm just I a little bit, Timmy. I'm thinking that you're probably your relations with Canada may have held you back. Well, you, you know, you're not you're you're not well liked up there, Colonel. Besides Shirley Strap, I don't know if anyone like Christy Lee, maybe, but I mean, other than that, not a lot of people like you up there. Didn't they ban him from the country? Like, banned. yeah, 
Yeah, they they're building yeah. a wall to keep him out. <laughs> I've I've been trying to mend fence, fences up there, Timmy, but it's but I'm just still disappointed. That so I'm you have not. something you want to say something nice about Canada to make them feel better about you? Um, well, I will say, Timmy, mm-hmm. that the McDonald's in Toronto, mm-hmm. it didn't have to wait too long to get your food. Well, that's a, that's a that's a positive thing, Brandy. It's yeah, a start. It's a <laughs> But I still uh, think we need to wall, Timmy. They, they, uh, or you to keep to keep Canadians out, keep you in. To keep with. the Canadians out, they just keep sneaking over here and sneaking over here and sneaking up. And they're a dead giveaway. I mean, you know a Canadian. You can see one coming 10 miles away. Because they say, hey. Yeah, and the plaid shirts all the time. Even the women wear plaid shirts and the funny hats with the drip, flap down ears. They eat at Tim oh, Hortons. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. So they're all dressed like characters from Fargo. Yeah, pretty much. I see. I see. Red green. They all look like they're on the red green show. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. Let's talk about this dude, shall we? Okay. Um, let's do that to me. If you follow the news closely, Colonel, you would have read recently about a group of high school students from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, who gave the uh, Nazi salute when a photographer was taking their class picture. There photo. Yeah, I know. It's not very cool. The photo created uh, public outrage for the students who gave the salute. But on the positive side, public admiration for one student that was 17-year-old uh, high school junior Jordan Blue, who, despite peer pressure from his uh, class, refused to go along with his uh, classmates in giving the Hitler salute. And it would seem that Mr. Blue has a lot in common with the topic of our podcast today. Now- a man I'm, named August Landmesser. Yes, I'm, Colonel. I'm just wondering what kind of jackass school you go to that you're the one holdout in giving the Hitler salute. Yeah. Well, and I also think it should be noted, I mean, as one of the only times in history that a 17-year-old boy has made a good decision. Yes. That's yes. true. Yes. That's so, true. It was I mean, a good move by Jordan Blue, that's for sure. It doesn't, it doesn't happen often. It, so, that might have been by accident. He just didn't. He just. He just he forgot. Yeah, he had his hands in his pocket. He was. Te- he was texting his girlfriend. So we're going to lose. You know, our audience is continues to shrink. So now we've lost a seventeen-year-old uh, boy. Seventeen-year-old d- demographic, and I'm pretty sure that's pretty much our major major part of our audience, Brady. <laughs> right, it is. So, right. be careful there. All right. So if you're if you've been wandering around the internet, which of course Brandy does every day, all day long, uh, en- enough at some point you'll come across a photo uh, from the 1930s, and sometimes this is a meme that shows a crowd of Germans giving their leader uh, Adolf Hitler a Nazi salute. In this uh, photo, uh, and it starts circulating in, on the World Wide Web around 1991. One man in the crowd stands apart because he is, instead of saluting her Hitler, he is standing with his arms crossed in defiance, refusing to give the Nazi salute, Brandy. Your thoughts on that? Maybe he just didn't like Hitler very much. And was, well, he he, maybe, maybe he ran against him for, you know, president chancellor, or whatever. Chancellor. Chancellor and lost, and he's pissed. Well, Boy, you know what else could have happened? He's probably what? promised an ambassadorship to the United Nations, and some big <laughs> boob blonde woman got it instead of him. 
That's probably true. <laughs> it's believed the man in the photo was a shipbuilder by the name of August Landmesser, and this is his story. So we're going to kind of go over his background and tell you the backstory, Brandy, like we always do. I'm so excited. I know you are. The facts you can't get anywhere but here, Timmy. And, yeah. Or anywhere else. Adolf Hitler, Brandy, came to power. Your good friend came to power in 1933. <laughs> came to power in 1933. What is? What is she calls him, <laughs> Uncle Addy? <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, he quickly he came to power in 1933. He quickly consolidated power by imprisoning or killing his political adversaries, much like yourself, Brandy. Well, yes, that's the way to go. Uh, it was not long before Germany became a complete dictatorship with the Fuhrer, or leader, Adolf Hitler, ruling the entire Reich. Your good uh, friend. Yeah, your good friend, Brandy. Uh, Nazi values, similar to your values, Brandy, would soon permeate throughout German society as other uh, political parties were forbidden. That'll do it. Bolton, Timmy. Yeah, it's much easier that way, isn't it? Jason. You got nothing else. Got this. The Nazi Party uh, soon would control every aspect of daily life, including even how uh, Germans, ordinary Germans, greeted each other. It soon became mandated uh, for that Germ- each Germans, uh, each German greeted each other by the Nazi salute. Germans who did not use the Nazi salute fell under suspicion and were often arrested and imprisoned. In addition to the threat of arrest, those who refused to offer the Nazi salute risked being assaulted by Hitler's, uh, you know, own little uh, armed forces, uh, his brown shirts, who carefully monitored crowds to ensure compliance, or, or even by their fellow citizens. So, even if the brown shirts were not around, you know, Brandy's good friends were not around. I mean, you might get you might get hit in the head by just a regular German on the street if you didn't do the salute. It's kind of funny because I was reading this book and just um, researching. Um, they would say how ridiculous it got. Like people would like in an office say they're working in an office setting. So every time someone came in in the morning, they'd stand up and give the Hitler salute. Then like, yeah, and like um, they, I mean, they would give it like. Maybe dozens of times a day. Like when people would go to the bathroom and they come back, they have to when they leave, they give it a Hitler yes, salute yeah. and when I'm, they come I'm back. Okay. They, I'm okay with that. Like you know, you would like to be. You, <laughs> I see. So you, you would like the admiration. Uh, well, sure. Anytime like, people go in and out of the bathroom, let's just applaud. Let's we just, need a dweeb. We need a dweeb uh, salute. A dweeb salute, Timmy. Yeah, I'm thinking like you know, putting your hand, your fingers under your chin, and then you know, like the three stooges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like you know, the Italians do, just like Ooh. when you're trying to tell someone to fuck off. That okay. that could be oh, our that one. Yeah, that could be yeah. our salute. It, That's a good I one, Brandy. I think it already is. <laughs> Unofficially. I informally. think that got a staff. Informally. I see. Yeah. All right. So um, it took a great deal of courage to defy the authorities and refuse to offer the salute. This was especially true when uh, uh, Hitler or senior Nazi officials were addressing crowds in person. But August Landmesser didn't care about potential penalties that he would face. He refused to bow down to such hate. The salute is 
let me give you, a, you know, I mean, everyone's seen this, right? But the salute is performed by extending your right arm uh, from the neck into the air, straight with I a straight have a right hand. arm in my neck. Though. Yeah. Usually the person is offering the salute would say, how Hitler, how, uh, how mein Fuhrer, or uh, Sieg Hitler, Sieg. or, or, or Sieg Heil, which is Hell Victory. So it was adopted in the 1930s by the Nazi party to single obedience to the party's leader, Adolf Hitler, your good friend, and to glorify the German nation. Brandy, your thoughts on that? I, you know... I, I don't have any thoughts. I think it's a lot of effort. Well, <laughs> yeah, your, your staff have to come by you and do that little curtsy thing that you make them do all the Yeah, time. you make them curtsy like you're a queen. So, yeah. Well, first of all, if they want something, then yes, they have to curtsy. I mean, duh. What, why, would I, why would I give them anything if they don't show me the proper respect? She's got a point, Colonel. Your thoughts on that, Colonel? Well... I just think you don't need to be so Stalin-esque to everybody all the time. Yeah, you're more like Stalin. I would agree she's more like Stalin. Mm. Look, mm. you know what? And mm. I've only had to whip, at, whip one person's ass over it, and that set an example for everybody else. I see. It doesn't happen anymore. Hmm. Now, if they want something, they know how to ask. This, the uh, salute, I think the colonel is vaping, Brandy. The salute. Uh, no. You are. I hear it. Oh, yeah. I hear you over there, Cheech. I hear it. <laughs> he said he's not, then oh, I might be. <laughs> God. You think he could go for like the length of a podcast without vaping. Yeah. He was telling me how, you know, how he extended his life expectancy now that he stopped smoking and started vaping, Brandy. Uh-huh. Well. Yeah, you know, and and let me just say we're all so grateful. <laughs> well, well, he's going to be around longer. Right. We got to be happy about that. Mm-hmm. He's very popular, Brandy. The people, the dweebs like him for some reason. I they were know. really celebrating his birthday. Yeah, I got some yeah. very nice birthday wishes from the dweebs to me. Yeah, they're a good group. Some packages, of course, but. Well, but what, did, they, did you get any cash? Um, just a lot of. Uh, Hats and mittens, things mm. like that. I see. Muzzle. I'm, get, I'm getting up there now, Timmy. You are getting up there, Colonel. How old yeah, are I'm you, at, uh, if at all? Well, see, now I got to, I got to, every year, that's what I don't like about birthdays, Timmy, because people tell me, try to tell me all the time how to live my life. Mm-hmm. As if I need some kind of direction. And uh, usually I'll tell them, motherfucker, I'm 54 years old. You know, if I want to eat, Fruit Loops with Coke, you know, instead of milk. I'll, that's how I'll eat the goddamn thing. That's but now I got to adjust again and say, motherfucker, I'm 55 years old. It's like every time you got to change a year. You're so almost 55. Yeah, he's got a point, Brandy. You do have to you have to change your kind of spill there. Mm-hmm. Well, he's almost he's almost 60 years old. I mean, isn't it about time for adult diapers? And, I, you know, the, the amazing one thing of those is motorized like, carts. About ten years from now, Brandy, he'll be almost seventy. Your I know. thoughts on that? Your thoughts on that, Brandy? Dude, I'm just listening to that '70s show back there, you know, going on. We're all sitting around in the basement, hitting the fucking <laughs> bomb. <laughs> he's gone. He's going to be old. I mean, he's really. I mean, seventy is pretty much, you know, well, you're old. He's already old. He's already. Well, of course, yeah, he's already old. But I just mean he's like diaper wearing old when he's seventy. Oh, you know, sex would be a, a distant memory by the time he's seventy. 
They're going to have, no, Timmy, they have Viagra and M&Ms by then, Timmy. <laughs> I didn't know that was a good combination. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All, right. <laughs> All right. The salute uh, we're talking about was mandatory for civilians, but uh, it was optional for military personnel until the failed assassination on Hitler in July of 1944. Then it became mandatory because, you know, the military had to vow uh, you know, vow to uh, make a vow to Hitler, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Loyalty to Hitler. Um, the salute gesture is widely believed to be based on an ancient Roman custom. However, uh, there's no Roman works of art that depicts it. There's nothing in any uh, you know writings that de- describe it. So it. So it's you know, no one. Yeah, no one knows where the hell it started. The salute became mandatory. Well, you know, uh, uh, Mussolini had that. He had a similar salute. Hitler liked it. So, you know, it does, you know, it's kind of cool to have people salute you when you walk into a room. I, you know, I would like that. So, would you? Would you? Yeah, I would like that a lot. The salute became mandatory. Make up a title. Make up a title. Mm-hmm. And then you can have people like general. I want to be a baron. Yeah. Oh, yes. But I don't think they salute barons. Well, they should because uh, barons, uh, they wear monocles and they wear scarves and yeah. I should be saluted as a baron. But you never see anybody salute. Baron Von Timmy. I would like to be known. Oh, OK. Uh, by the end of 1934, special courts were established branding to punish people who refused to give the Nazi salute. Your thoughts on that? Uh, that sounds like a big fucking waste of time and money. <laughs> yeah, I think people should just, uh, and what I usually have is people just look down at their feet when I come into it. Oh, I see. They they can't look at you or they I don't like to. Yeah, I don't like to make a big spectacle when I come into a room. So I just no. say, you know, just look down at your feet, look down at the ground. and. Mm-hmm. Chuck is known for Do you not- like for them like to – well, I've noticed, Colonel, that you like for them to toss flowers in front of you as you walk. Yeah, and yes, I do. Okay. All right. So the salute uh, – although non-Germans were not required to give the salute, according to the law, foreigners were exempt. But if they did so, they often – it often resulted in them getting beat up. So, oh. you, know, you know. If they refused to? Yeah. No, if they, if, oh, okay. Yeah, if they refuse to, now they won't go. To, they wouldn't get cited or have to go to court, but they may get roughed up by the uh, stormtroopers who are on the street. Oh, okay. the, the salute soon became part of the everyday life. Postmen used the greeting when they knocked on people's doors to deliver packages or letters. So oh. I'm sure they, they got fucking tired of doing it by the end. Of yeah, the day. that would make your arm tired. Yeah. Tired, wouldn't it? If you do it 70, 80 times a day. The small metal sign. There were small metal signs about that reminded people uh, to use the Hitler salute. Uh, they were in public squares and on telephone poles and street lights and sort of throughout Germany. Department store clerks greeted customers with "How Hitler? How may I help you?" Um, oh. Dinner guests uh, brought uh, brought glasses etched with the words "How Hitler" on them as house gifts. Brandy, your thoughts on that? I bet you. I bet you have several of them in your kitchen. Well, first of all, (laughs) that seems if you got to go to things remembered every time somebody invites (laughs) you over, (laughs) seems like it's too much. Dinner, yeah. Can I just bring a nice bottle of wine or a box of Esther Price or something? I mean, that just seems like a lot. 
The salute was required uh, for all persons uh, passing through the Felden Hall in Munich. And I, I've actually been there. It's a site of the uh, Hitler's attempt to overthrow the government in the 1923 Beer Hall push, uh, which the government made a shrine to the Nazi dead once Hitler came in power. But um, in or- so like everyone walking past, it's like center, you know, it's a big center of like, you know, downtown Munich. And everyone that walks past this had to stop and give the Nazi salute, which would get kind of, you know, annoying. So uh, people would, to, to get around that, people just went around the back of the, the building and it became known as Dodger's Alley because people went around the back just to avoid giving the salute. Dodgy people. Mm. And their arms are tired. Yeah, I'm thinking their arms get really tired by the end of the day. Children were indoctrinated at an early age. Kindergarten children were taught to raise their hand to the proper height by hanging their lunch bags across the raised arms of their teacher. So that's how they were taught. At the beginning of first grade, uh, there was a lesson on how to use the greeting. The greeting found its way into fairy tales. Because, you know, they just, you know, they put their ideology and everything. Uh, fairy tales, including classics, as Sleeping Beauty. So I guess the dwarfs all gave the hey, The dwarves story. aren't in Sleeping Beauty, so settle down. Oh, uh, well, well, whoever. Yeah, uh, no, not- <laughs> <laughs> Who's in the Sleeping Beauty? I thought that was Sleeping the Sleeping Beauty. No, that's uh, Snow White. Uh, okay. Well, it's probably was in that, too. So a Sleeping Beauty. So what happened in the Sleeping Beauty? Oh, she, that's where she falls asleep. And uh, Well, yes. Boy, you kisses you're out on a limb now, aren't you? <laughs> Sleeping Beauty <laughs> fell asleep. Yeah, that's a good one. The uh-huh. prince kisses her. She wakes up, right? That's Sleeping Beauty. Like, something along those lines. So I guess the prince had to, like, give her the Nazi salute before he kissed her or something. I don't know. Student yeah, and teach. Do you have to do that? Huh? If you walk into a room and somebody's unconscious, do you have to salute them? Well, it's, no, but if they don't salute back, you have to beat them till they're conscious. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Students and teachers uh, would salute each other at the beginning of the school day between classes and every time an adult entered the room. So as you can tell, it probably got pretty. Could annoying. you imagine, Timmy, if your, bur- your bursitis was flaring up on you a little bit? <laughs> Yeah, it would be. It would here's be like, how oh, oh, goddamn it! How oh, hilla goddamn it! How oh, hilla goddamn You need it. You need the. Here's oxygen. my other question. Here's uh, my other question. So, me personally, when I'm coming in the house with groceries, yes, I have, have like 150 it. bags on both arms because I'm not making two trips to the car. Everybody knows that. So now I gotta fucking try and salute a motherfucker with all that shit hanging you gotta oranges. Sal- you gotta salute Dave. Yeah. Yeah. No. Salute. Well, let's let's not go crazy. But, I mean, if I pass somebody, now I got to fucking hit myself in the face with fucking bags. Fuck yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you have to stop and give them the salute. It's, it's, it's according to the law, Brandy. Right, it is the law. You have law. contempt for the law, woman. Mm. Well, yes, I do. Now, Jehovah Witnesses, uh, Brandy's good friends, came in conflict with the Nazi regime because they refused to salute Adolf Hitler with the how Hitler salute. Good for them. And believing yeah, those motherfuckers were still showing up every Saturday morning on people's doors. Yeah, so they didn't Brandy mind knocking on the door every Saturday morning so, and raising so that Brandy, arm up, bang, 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 bang. So Brandy, when you went to your door and there were Jehovah Witnesses there, you had to salute them. Your thoughts on that? I I have no thoughts on that. 
I you know, your people come to my house occasionally too, Double. I know, but you know what? You can get you can put them to work. They'll oh, make, I know you can. They'll sweep. Yeah. I so, had a hot looking uh, Mormon come to my house one time. She was uh I think she was like full blooded Navajo Indian. Oh my god, she was gorgeous. But I, I, I digress, Brandy. Just to tip uh, all the list women show up at the door, <laughs> they'll work. You just got to tell them, you know, I really need that brush cleared out in the back. And they'll go fucking do it. Like, I'm on the, you know, I'm kind of, I really want to join the Church of the Latter-day Saints. I'm kind of, I'm kind of, you know, can't, mm-hmm. I can't decide. But, you know, if my, my lawn was mowed, I, yeah. might, I, might, I might fall in that direction. If I had yeah. more time to sit and read a yeah. Book of Mormon. Yeah. Work for the nice, nicest people. Just give them some water. And of course, you know, this did not end well for the Jehovah Witnesses because they did the right thing. They wouldn't salute Hitler because, you know, they, they only, you know, they praise God. They wouldn't praise uh, a man. So uh, a lot of them were end up uh, being detained and separated from their families because of that. So Hitler is, you know, he's pretty vindictive, a colonel. He seemed like a petty man to me, Jimmy. Yeah, he was kind of a dick, Brandy. Well, you know, syphilis was eating at him. Yeah, that's true. Reactions the head of syphilis? Uh, we're, we don't know if it's true. We're just spreading that rumor. Reactions, I don't oh. think he had sex. I thought I mean, he was a virgin. They, it's the same yeah, rumor I, spread with you. No, I think he had the syph. Did he? I I, so. I, I've read that he was asexual, but I don't know if he was a virgin or not. Um, maybe he you know, maybe he tried it, didn't like it. I don't know. <laughs> How could you try it and not like it, Brandy? That's true. I, I don't know. It's much well, like oatmeal, Timmy. How could you try it? Not like Dalen, his cousin. No, uh, his niece. He he was uh, in love with her, but yeah. I don't think it was sexual. I think it was more. I don't. He was obsessed with her. She killed herself with his gun. Well, so, wouldn't you? That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that gun actually. Yeah, probably. Uh, reaction to any the inappropriate use of Nazi salutes were not merely violent, but sometimes bizarre. For example, a memo. Dated July twenty third, nineteen thirty four, that was sent that was sent to the local police station uh, by the Gestapo. Read and I quote: "There have been reports of traveling vaudeville performers training their monkeys to give the German greeting, the Hitler salute. See to it that their animals are destroyed." So now, see Timmy. Now you could have had those if they just could have taught them to speak, Timmy. I would. They would be on this podcast <laughs> exactly. By the way, we got a lot of positive feedback on the Mo the Monkey episode that we did last week. So we want to thank everyone for that. We realized the sound was – we had some issues with sound. So hopefully we've resolved those with our uh, crack uh, sound engineer, uh, the colonel, working on it uh, this week. So hopefully that that is resolved. But I'm confused. So you want every swinging dick – to give the Nazi salute, except for the fucking monkeys. Right. Monkeys. Sh- well, I think that I think they they're training that. Nazis and first graders to do it, but you can't train the monkeys to do it because that's rude. Well, I think they thought that 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 was below the um, you know that was it, mockery. It, it was mocking it was mockery till the monkey bites your dick off. <laughs> <laughs> so Brandy is going to tell us about the life of the man who refused to give the Nazi salute, August Landmesser. So Brandy, well, take it so away. Not, not all heroes wear capes, Timmy. I understand. So, Mr. August Landmesser, 
who was a ship, who was a shipbuilder, which I find a little ironic. Okay, was born on May twenty fourth <laughs> because his name was Landmesser. <laughs> Uh, was born May 24th, 1910 in Hamburg, Germany. Uh, August was the oldest of three children, born to August Franz and Wilhelmine Landmasser. I like her name, Brandy. You know, that's a name, Colonel, that you that you really can get into when you're having sex. You're banging Wilhelmine. Mm-hmm. You know, you just that's call good. out her name if it's good. Oh, Wilhelmine! <laughs> <laughs> Didn't Chuck Berry do that? <laughs> Can't you be true? Well, yeah. I mean, yes. Uh, his father, August Franz, was killed on the Eastern Front in World War I when August was seven years old. In the aftermath of World War I, Germans struggled to understand their country's uncertain future. Citizens faced poor economic conditions, skyrocketing unemployment, political instability, and profound social change. The worldwide economic downturn after the First World War hit Germany especially hard. In addition to high unemployment, runaway inflation, and political upheaval, Germany was forced to pay the Allies war reparations. Dang. I'm still waiting for my check. The ec- you, you didn't receive your check? I haven't got it yet. Hmm. Well, I yeah. saw the colonel was in your office. I don't. <laughs> well, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, Probably. I'd like to be like calling up Hitler to try to collect war reparations. <laughs> I want my it's war. It's in the mail. It's in the mail. You know what he would say, Colonel? What would Nine. He say? Nine. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Snap oh, election, Jimmy. <laughs> Nine. You know, they have a snap election somewhere, and I saw that, and I thought, motherfucker. <laughs> okay, so the economics were... We're on the cutting edge, Brandy. You have to admit oh, that. We're avant-garde. We always. We are avant-garde. 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 We're avant-garde. No, Eight Timmy's... Avant-garde. Timmy's avant-garde. The rest we're of seven, us... We're seven-day avant-gardists. Yes. Mm. Very nice. Continue, Brandy. I'll let my parents know. They'll be so excited. Uh, the economics were made harder by the fact that Germany, under the conditions of the Treaty of Versailles, uh, did not have access to the Rhineland, which was home to much of the country's natural resources. In early 1920s, in the early 1920s, the German currency, the German mark, became virtually worthless due to hyperinflation. There were reports of people having to take bags and bags of German marks to the grocery store just to buy a loaf of bread. Yeah, that would be a pain in the ass. It really yeah, would. That would be a lot. Thousands of Germans waited in line for hours for work and food by the early 1920s, and middle-class savings were wiped out as severe inflation left the currency worthless, which I just said. Some actually burned it for fuel. Uh, over the next couple of years, uh, economic conditions stabilized. Then the worldwide depression hit in 1929. The German banking system collapsed, and by 1930, Unemployment skyrocketed to 22%. In a country, I feel like I should read this in like the the guy who introduced the Justice League's voice. Well, please Uh, do. I wish I could. I can't, though. In a country plagued by joblessness, (laughs) embittered by loss of territory, and demoralized by ineffective government, political demonstrations frequently turned violent. Uh, it was in this environment that Wilhelmine Lenmesser and her three children tried to stave off starvation. Being the oldest child, August dropped out of school when he was 14 to help his mother, who worked long hours as a seamstress to support the family. 
Uh, he took jobs selling newspapers, working in coal mines, working as a farmhand, and serving as a carpenter's assistant. Uh, and due to his hard work, his brother and his sister could remain in school while August and his mother provided for the family. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Despite dropping out of school, August's dream was to become an engineer like his father was before the war. He was unable, unable to pursue this dream, however, because, you know, of course, he dropped out of school when he was 14. Yes. But he was very determined to succeed and refused to give up on his dream despite his four station in life, like Chuck. Yes. In 1930, I've at given the age... up on my dreams. <laughs> I've given up my Well, dreams. you know, you are pretty old to have dreams, Colonel. <laughs> yeah, I am too goddamn old to have dreams. Whatever dreams I had, the world crushed long ago, Timmy. Your thoughts on that, Brandy? Yeah, that's probably about right. And, you know, Timmy continues to crush my dreams. So, I mean, we all. Have well, you our... cannot be the manager of Stonehenge. You I cannot can't... manage rocks. You'll fuck it up, I... devil. You'll fuck I it can't. up. I can't. I would be amazing. You would knock uh, them down. If... I would not. I don't think you can do that. Well, right. you could. They're like dominoes, right, Colonel? They're they not. are. Knock one down, they all just like just they all fall. All right, you're whatever. I would be amazing. In 1930, when August was 20, his mother remarried. Uh, his stepfather was a well-to-do merchant who was able to provide well for the family, but August and his new stepfather did not get along. And August felt like his new stepdad was trying to replace his father, and to a degree himself as head of the household. Well, y- yeah. Cause- <laughs> You know, and at 20, if mm. you don't want that competition, move the fuck out and become the head of your own goddamn household. Hmm. In the late 1930s, or in late 1930, I'm sorry, August, mo- uh, there we go. He moved out of his mother's home and for a period of time was homeless. Well, that's not going to make you head of the house. August went days without food and was just another unemployed young man. He was, head of, he was head of the cardboard box for a while. It is hard to be uh, head of household when you're homeless, Brandy. Well, it depends on what your household is, Timmy. 
It was if your house holds a little dumpster somewhere. <laughs> You're living under the bridge. You could be head yeah. of the household, I suppose. I'm not even sure Timmy's the head of his household. <laughs> I'm not. You the know, cat's not. in charge. Uh, let's see. Um, for a while, August earned shelter and bread by working for a local church. And it was early 1931 that a friend suggested that August join the local Nazi party to make some connections that would hopefully find him a job. The Nazi party was starting to flourish and had the support of the ruling class. Although August was not particularly interested in politics, he went to the local Nazi party headquarters in Hamburg and registered. He was given a party number as well as some literature. Well, that's good. For a kid who dropped out of school, August got some brochures. We can fucking read. I didn't say he couldn't fucking read. (laughs) She's judgmental, Colonel. (laughs) First of all, here have some brochures. (laughs) (laughs) They come in handy when you're trying to keep warm. I must say, yeah, you you stuff them in your pants. Exactly. August took the literature back to his boarding room at the church and discarded it without reading it. Mm. Suspect. That's what I do when well, according to you, he can't read. Yeah. Well, that's probably why he threw him the fuck away. <laughs> yeah. uh, Might as well have been Chinese menus. Damn. Colonel, yeah, I, I know, Colonel, yeah. you've noticed the Nazi uh, brochures in Brandy's office. <laughs> I have. I have. Well, whatever. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, a few months went by, and then August finally landed a job as a shipbuilder at, at all places, a shipyard in Well, Hamburg. that. That's convenient because well, if you were the shipbuilder somewhere else, if you was a shipbuilder at a strip mall, that'd be a little bit more challenging. At a department store, <laughs> might might be tricky. Uh, it was his first full-time job that he uh, ever had that he could use his experience as a carpenter's assistant. He did well on his new job and soon business was booming. Here's my question, Timmy, about shipbuilding. Mm-hmm. Now, Noah, <laughs> the expert. Noah has to build this big goddamn ark, right? Well, yeah, that's that's the that's it's according to the Bible. Yes, the, uh, yes, I swear to Christ, I thought you were talking about my kid. I'm like, probably he probably is wanting to build one, but go ahead, sorry. And yes, anyway, according to the Bible, Colonel, yes. the the early edition, the uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, according to the early edition of the Bible, he built uh, Noah. He has to bring two of everything on the ship, Timmy. How? Well, first of all, how come he brought mosquitoes? Well, I I don't know. I think they just flew on because they didn't really need him. Yeah, and here's my question: Did you not fit a unicorn on that boat? Could you not fit a couple of Bigfoot or a Yeti or something? Well, that was my other question. Yeah. How come there's only one Bigfoot? Where does Bigfoot go? Maybe some of our listeners who are uh, familiar with the Bible will be able to comment on that. What about the Chupacabra? You don't ever see those. Well, Well, I mean, they only have so much room. Who decided? Because that that was a lot of power that man had. And he could have just said, you know. I don't think I'd bring a lot of hookers. Anymore. I'd bring fuck that, to, that, you know, no, two of everything. Here's the thing. You bring all these asshole animals on there, like snakes. Right. Like and the, the other these animals. animals. But you don't bring a unicorn? You let them drown? For real? Well, here's the thing. He didn't have to bring fish because they could swim. Well, the, yeah, that's true. 
which is great and all. I still have. To I think it. he had. I think he had a threesome with the two hookers that he get brought on. What the <laughs> fuck are you yammering about? He always goes into threesome. Because <laughs> every time I'm sitting on my porch, Timmy, uh-huh. on my deck, and I get bit by mosquitoes, I think that goddamn Noah. Wow. I he should have left him behind and had him flooded, flooded away. All right. That's that's good points, Colonel. As always, you Brandy, he brings something to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, something. <laughs> Continue, Brandy. Uh, let's see. In 1933, Adolf Hitler became Chancellor of Germany, and he began to consolidate his power. When President Hindenburg... Aw. Hmm. When President Hindenburg went down in flames on August 2nd, 1934, uh, Hitler combined the office of chancellor and president to create the office of der Fuhrer, (laughs) which is what Brandy – that's what Brandy makes her staff call her, Mm -hmm. uh, Colonel. Der Fuhrer. If you're here, staff, like, you know, you you go walk by them. They're like, is der Fuhrer in this morning? If you're out for a week. Why are you so media staff today? First of all, my staff should not be talking amongst themselves. <laughs> all that does. They're not allowed to talk. Does, no, they don't talk. They should not be talking. Because then that just starts, that sows the seeds of discourse. So, uh, discord. There's, there's going to be a coup when you I come back, so. devil. Probably. Um, as head of state, Hitler became commander-in-chief of the armed forces. Immediately after Hindenburg's death, that just makes me giggle for some reason. Well, the guy was like 100 years old. Why yeah. do you care if Hindenburg died? <laughs> <laughs> you're, really, you're really stuck on that. I mean, he's I old. And you know, Timmy, I wait, get the distinct impression this might be the first time she's heard Hindenburg's name. Oh, she, she's giggling over it, you know. Mm-hmm. Not, too many, not too many women giggle over, you know. Yeah, Hindenburg. Hindenburg, not a really sexy name. Mm-mm. He wasn't a really sexy looking wait guy either. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is somebody had bad breath. Hmm? Is somebody going to answer that fucking phone that keeps ringing in the back? No, it's Chuck? not here. Chuck. I, I believe that's your medication, devil, because ain't nobody getting <laughs> the phone nowhere. <laughs> Are you right. smelling toast? That could be true. Somebody done rang your bell, devil. <laughs> uh, maybe. Lay off the Oxycontin, Brandy. Just back it off a little bit. You don't know my you're, life. You're, you're going to get the opioid constipation. That's a, that's a, that's a problem <laughs> with taking the opioids. It's a real thing, devil. It is. You know, I read where this woman, she was taking. No, this woman went into a, a nursing home, and she had been taking 60 laxatives a, 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 a week. And they wouldn't get they would they wouldn't give her sixty laxatives, and she'd been like for a long time, and she got it. You know, it's like she needed it to, mm. you know, have a bowel movement, and they wouldn't give her that many. So it, she went like two weeks without um, going, you know, having a bowel movement, and like her, like her stomach was protruding. Like I mean, it was you know, it was right. she had a fecal uh, obstruction, and she died. She fucking died from it. Well, uh, see. No, I got literature on opioid-induced constipation before I left the hospital. Thank you. Or as we like to call it, OIC, Brandy. Yeah. So, OIC. so you did you are you did you read up on it? Do you know the uh, dangers of taking the opioids and the, and the dangers of the opioid uh, well, constipation? The dangers is that you don't poop. That's <laughs> all your bullshit today, Devil. 
Nah, I'm good. See, I would have liked to waited and seen what that what that eighty old woman had to let go after. <laughs> I don't know, but if I have two weeks, it's a long time without going to, you know, number two. That's a long time, Randy. Stone. Dude, Noah uh, goes a week. Noah will go a week and not go, and then when he goes, now my toilet's plugged. Every <laughs> <laughs> well, Every- he, he, he doesn't want to waste time. You keep it yeah. little build up. No, very busy. I know. He's very, very busy. <laughs> well, you know, he's sitting there playing, you know, Grand Theft Auto, and well, he, you know, very- it's hard. you don't want to get up. You know, you mess no. up your game. It's very, he's very busy. All right. So immediately after Hindenburg's death, at the instigation of the leadership of the armed services, the traditional loyalty oath of shoulders, soldiers, sorry, not shoulders, soldiers, was altered to affirm loyalty to Hitler personally by name. One of Hitler's first acts was to rebuild the army. The armed forces had been in decline and limited to 100,000 men under the Treaty of Versailles. Hitler disregarded these limitations, and piss on them, and began to build up the armed forces, including the Navy. All right, so that's going to benefit August. Well, the first thing he did was hire the village people for PR. Mm-hmm. That's the first mm-hmm. thing, which is smart. Navy. Mm-hmm. Just uh, seven seas in the Navy. Go ahead. Right. August was happy about the Navy buildup because it provided him with steady employment. Duh. August thought very little of the Nazis' other policies. Because who gives a shit? He's building ships. Mm-hmm. Does he got a house yet? Uh, he's still living stay. in a refrigerator box? Yeah, I think he's, yeah. I think he's got an apartment. A, a flat, Colonel. Oh, okay. In September of 1935, the Reichstag passed what became known as the Nuremberg Laws, which severely limited the rights of Jews within Germany. The laws also sought to punish Germans who were considered of the Aryan race who had relationships with Jews. Marriages between Jews and citizens of Germany were forbidden. At first, August, again, he didn't give a shit about the laws. That is until early 1935 when August met a beautiful young woman named Irma Eckler. I'm betting she was Jewish. Uh, The two hit it off right away and soon they were planning a life and family together. But Irma indeed was Jewish. For the first time, August began. For the first time, really, August? Come on, buddy. <laughs> for the first time, August began to question the policies of the Nazi Party. He was happy that the economic hardships were over. He was happy that high unemployment and hyperinflation had ended and people were once again able to earn money and support their families. He was even proud that the country was rebuilding their armed forces. What August couldn't quite wrap his mind around was that the Nazi was the Nazi Party and how and now government of the Third Reich had targeted and scapegoated good Jewish citizens, good Jewish citizens like Irma and her family. August also couldn't understand why he was not permitted by law to marry the woman that he loved. See, now here we get to the crux <laughs> of the matter here, Timmy. Mm-hmm. He's all right with everything the Nazis are doing until. It keeps him from a good set of hooters. I see. Yeah, he's got a point, Brandy. Isn't that when you start paying attention? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's when I start protesting, but. Exactly. I'm still Not thinking about opioid induced constipation. <laughs> Why? Why are you still thinking about that? 
Why? We can I hear just... you straining from over here, Doug. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of uh, Hitler on on the can and trying to go, but he can't. And there, and then you know, so, you know, like Ava Braun will yell in. You know, <laughs> have you pooped yet? What would he say, Colonel? Nine. <laughs> what are you thinking about Hitler on Twitter? That's all. I mean, like, what goes through your mind? What would he that say, that... Colonel? Nine. Oh. A, you know, that sounds like a Broadway play. Hitler on this shit. <laughs> all right. I'm sorry, Brandy. Continue. That would win a Tony for sure. <laughs> Continue, Brandy. In 1935, when he became engaged to Irma, he was expelled from the party. August was permitted to keep his job at the shipyard, at the ship yard. But notice that his co-workers would no longer socialize with him. Ah, so he's being ostracized, Brandy. That's a big word we use to describe when people treat you differently. Treat you like an ostrich. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Is that that why they keep putting a bag over my head when they want to do so I don't get scared? (laughs) All right. uh, Let's see. August and Irma registered to be married in Hamburg. But the Nuremberg Laws enacted a month later prevented that. Uh, August and Irma were crushed and made plans to leave the country to get married and start a family. First, though, they would need to save money. Irma was soon let go from her job as a stenographer, but August continued to work at the shipyard and save money for their escape. Okay, Brandy, so all he wants to do is marry Irma, have some kids, and, you know... Not be constipated. That's not much to ask for, is it's it? Not Brandy? much to ask for, really. <clears throat> yeah. Like if August knew what it was like to be married, he wouldn't have fought so hard. Now, Brandy, oh, here we come to the the uh, climax of our story. But you know, unfortunately, I don't think the Colonel has the script, Brandy. Oh, of course he doesn't. So, <laughs> so would you like to bring us home, Brandy? Sure, I would love to. August <clears throat> was well, at work. You- You've always been good at happy endings, devil, so I just thought I'd save this for you. It's one of my many skill sets. August was at work at the Blom Voss shipyard on June 13, 1936, when the company was set to launch the new Navy training vessel, the Horst Wessel. That's <laughs> quite the name, Brandy. It, it is. Wessel. Horst Wessel. Mm. And, and let me also say on a, in a, on a personal note, that Tim lays the scripts on our desks in our chairs, sends it to us in our email, and that motherfucker on the well, other wait a email to both like, home and at work, Brandy. Yes, cannot get his life together enough <laughs> to have the fucking script. I've had a very busy weekend here, devil. You are the Ed McMahon of this motherfucking podcast. <laughs> got nothing to say, Hey-o. but yeah. What was his birthday week, Brandy? I don't give a fuck. I was busy. I was getting congratulations, congratulatory emails from my friends all over the world. Some of them, some very important people. Yeah, I ain't taking no. I I turn. You know what? I put my spam filter. Everything that comes from Saudi Arabia, Timmy. Oh, I didn't know that. I put email sanctions on them, Timmy. Oh, that's good. That's a good move, Colonel. That will bring them to their knees. Mm -hmm. Yes, it will. I also want it noted. I had surgery late <laughs> earlier this week, and yet here I am prepared. Boy, she's going to milk that for our worth. Oh yes, she is. <laughs> yeah. How but I'm so You didn't even get stitches. 
Are you not entertained? Am I fucking prepared? You're very prepared, Brandy, and you're very entertaining. You, you mispronounce yeah. a lot of the words, but that's okay. Not really? Do you I? Slurring your sp- speech a little Do bit, I? Trevor. Well, don't worry about that. Just worry about the fact that I'm upright right now, and and she has a right script. Now. Script. <laughs> Continue, Brandy. Bring us, bring us home. So, okay. are you eating? Are you getting a healthy, healthy dose of brand every day, Devil? Because if not, you'll you'll experience the opioid induced constipation, or as we call it, OIC. OIC. We're down yeah. with OIC. Mm-hmm. No, no, we're not. Actually, we are not. Now, I want to talk about the horse wessel. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. Right, he's building this. He's building this big ship, right? And, yes, and, it's a training right. vessel. Uh, and but this was a special event, and the Nazis planned to use the launch for their propag- for propaganda purpose- purposes. So the day before the launch, August got word that Hitler was going to be at the event and launched the ship himself. Well, I think it's, I think it would be just like a ceremonial thing. I don't think he really actually. Yeah, I don't think he actually mounted oh, probably, the ship. Yeah, yeah he, he probably just like, hit champagne. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So all the employees were required to be present at the ceremony, and any worker not at the ceremony would be fired and reported to the Gestapo, uh, <laughs> the German secret police. Jesus Christ! They don't fuck uh, around. Those Nazis. Well, you they know, don't fuck around. So here's the thing. He's there under protest. All right, I'm here, motherfuckers. But that, you <laughs> yeah. know. That's not <laughs> yeah. the day you want to get the flu. No. no. Um, seeing the man that prevented him from marrying the love of his life was the last thing August wanted. <laughs> <laughs> but he couldn't afford to lose his job. between me and those boobies is this little <laughs> funny mustache bastard and over and here. Cool Bavarian with a fucking mustache. <laughs> well, and let's also say that, you know, like this is the – this is really not the worst thing that Hitler ends up doing. So, I mean, <laughs> let's put it in perspective. Well, How about that? To him, it was. I mean, it was his wife, I right? Yeah. I, well, no, they weren't married. Oh, uh, politics is local, devil. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, he couldn't afford to lose his job because if he was fired, they'd never be able to leave the country. The ceremony went off as planned the next day, and around noon, a thousand shipyard workers gathered to watch Adolf Hitler launch Germany's newest ship. In celebration, the thousand or so shipyard workers pre- present enthusiastically gave their Nazi salute, all except August Landmesser, who simply looked on with his arms folded. A photographer snapped a picture of the salute, and August can be clearly seen openly defying the Nazi leader. <laughs> he, was a, he was a pouty little bastard right there. Yeah, well, you know. He had, he had some boobies he was trying to. That was his you know, boob test. Yeah, it was. It was, and you know, how, and he, little did he know that 50, 70 years later, we would be doing a podcast on him. See, Brandy, mm-hmm. you never know. When you do good things, good things happen. That's right. All right. But you never do good things. No. The Colonel does. I do. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He's known for that. A month later, well, he evidently he saw the boobies because a month later, Irma gave birth to the couple's first child, mm. a girl they named Ingrid. August continued to work at the shipyard to support his wife and daughter and to save money. Did they get married? Nowhere did it I say th- they got married. Yeah, I think it was. Oh, like, did you uh, leave that little tidbit out? No, no, no. So it was like uh, it was like a common law thing. Common law. Was it? Mm-hmm. I didn't think they they could you could do that. Common law. You know, you act mm-hmm. like you're married, but you're not. You didn't go through a ceremony. Oh, good God. 
All right. They just were fucking, okay? If that's, you know, if it's easier <laughs> yeah. for you to understand. We're trying to be polite. They were, yeah. yeah, they were shacking I get up. That. It's what but you call him his wife. You call her his wife. And living in sin. Great. Well, that's fine. Uh, let's see. So he's he's continuing to work so that they can save money to make their escape. Mm. Uh, 1937, August and Irene tried to flee to Denmark, but they were apprehended. Irene was again pregnant, and he was charged and found guilty uh, in July of 1937 of dishonoring the race under Nazis' racial laws. August argued that neither he nor Irene knew that she was fully Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> yeah. He was acquitted on May 27, 1938, for lack of evidence, with a warning that a repeat offense would result in a multi-year prison sentence. The couple, the couple publicly continued their relationship, and on July 15, 1938, August was arrested again and sentenced to two and a half years in the – is it Borgamer? Close enough. Okay, Close Concentration camp. Irma was detained by the Gestapo and held at a prison in <laughs> Fulsbutel. Yeah, close okay. enough. Where she gave birth to a second daughter, Irene. What the fuck? Didn't they name what did they name their first daughter? Ingrid. Okay, so they got Ingrid and Irene. Uh, from there, uh, let's see. She was sent to the Oranenberg concentration camp, the Lichtenberg concentration camp for women, and then the women's concentration camp at Ravensbrück. Uh, a few letters came from Irma Eckler until, 19, or until January of 1942, and it is believed she was taken to the Bernberg Euthanasia Center in February of 1942, where she was among the 14,000 killed. Meanwhile, August was discharged from prison on January 19, 1941. In February 1944, with the war going badly for Germany, August was drafted into a penal, <laughs> penal battalion. <laughs> <that night. laughs> you get to go to the penal battalion. <laughs> Colonel, you've been in the penal. You served in the penal battalion. I was in the penal brigade, brigade Timmy. Uh, I see. Yeah, so so basically it was a unit of soldiers made up of people who were, you know, prisoners or had a criminal um, record. He was in the 999th Fort Infantry Battalion. If he August, waited a little bit longer, he would have been in the 1,000th Fort Infantry Battalion. I know. August Landmesser was declared dead after being killed during fighting in Croatia in on October 17, 1944. He was 34 years old. August and Irma's children were initially taken to the city orphanage in Hamburg. Ingrid was later allowed to live with her maternal grandmother while Irene went to the home of foster parents in 1941. Ingrid was also placed with foster parents after her grandmother's death in 1953. In 1951, six years after the war, the marriage of August Landmesser and Irma Eckler was finally recognized retroactively by the state of Hamburg. Well, that was big. Um, now, see, this is the only person we really had on the uh, on the show, Timmy, that got recognized for something they didn't do. That's true, Colonel. Um, Brandy, your final thoughts on the man who would not salute Hitler, August Landmesser. Uh, again, not all heroes wear capes. I realized he was throwing a bit of a hissy fit at the time, and he really wasn't looking to make a statement. But 
I'll take it. Yeah, a sad story, Colonel. Wouldn't you agree? I'd say he's a petulant little bastard, Jimmy. <laughs> but he was brave. <laughs> he was. He was that just pouty. Was he was like that three-year-old kid that just don't get no sweet tots when you're going mm. through the checkout line. Well, Brandy would disagree with you, Colonel. Right, Brandy? Well, no. I mean, I agree, but it was still brave. Well, mm. yeah. It's brave now, but, you know, let one of her staff not give the salute <laughs> to what happens. Uh, my not staff curtsy. Salute. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, that's the story of August Landmaster. One of another great episode from the uh, History Reads podcast as we continue to contribute to uh, the arts. And if you would, <laughs> if you would like to support us in our efforts to raise the bar, Colonel, uh, you can do so by going to uh, be a supporter of us on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash history dweebs where you can give a little, you can give a lot, or you can give just a wee little bit to me. Thank you, Colonel. We'd like to salute all of our kind, kind Patreon supporters who include Jim Seabright, Andrew Scamell, Tommy Lane, Aloha, Tommy Lane, Jason Dykes, our good friend Jason Dykes, Terry Strafford, uh, corner, Colonel, of course, known as Molokai, Brandy McBride, Jennifer Savoda, Per Westman, Mackie Glover, Gracie's mom, Eric Kenny, Erica Kenny, I'm sorry, Hiro, the Comeback Podcast, great podcast, uh, LK Bar, Anut, Reen, Marissa, Bridget Clavey, our dear friend uh, who we love. And I also, want to point out we had a we're we're in the process on the history dweebs the podcast facebook group if you're not a member join us because we're in process of selecting brandy the 2018 dweeb of the year that's a an exciting contest that we have going on and i know you've been following the voting closely brandy i okay i didn't uh, know we were and the, right. yeah okay in the final four um include my mom dotty uh of course uh, all everyone, someone voted for everyone. Uh, someone voted uh, for uh, nominated um, uh, the Heather and uh, Heather and Ben's uh, baby to be the new dweeb, a little dweeb that we're going to have in 2019. And then um, also among the final four is Bridget, uh, Bridget, our friend who passed away uh, last month. So if you would like to get a vote on Dweeb of the Year, please go to our Facebook page, History Dweebs, the podcast, where you can vote on your uh, selection for Dweeb of the Year. Have you voted yet, Colonel? I have voted twice, Timmy. You were only allowed to vote once. I saw that you voted for Brandy. You know who you voted for? God, who knows? Probably himself. Probably a writer. Rudy. Rudy the Wonder Dog. And you know how many votes Rudy received, Brandy? None. One. One. One from the Colonel. So we'd like to thank uh, Phyllis Munson, Jennifer Riker Smith, Stephen Potts, Anna Garrett. Of course, Ben, who I just mentioned. Ben is down to see the lovely Heather down there in Texas, Colonel. And uh, yes, yes, they're visiting this week. Ursula uh, from Ireland, Colonel. I know you you have family you have family in Ireland. You have Ken uh, over there. Yeah, um, Colonel, your good friend Clark and Diane Trowbridge. Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, Beth Wallen, uh, Michelle Johns, of course, Colonel, your good friend. My next wife, Timmy. Yes, Margaret McDonald, Eric Turner, Jess, 
uh, Leanne Flanagan, uh, not from Ireland. Oh, I was supposed to say something and I forgot what it was. Julia Rodriguez, Mike Sandler, Jamie Ditton, Tyrone, Marsha Burris, Stacey Allsap, Jody and Sean Wells, uh, Amber Anderson, our good friends from They Walk Among Us, of course, Ben and Rosanna Fenton, uh, Lorna Violet, Michael Deo, Kelly Charette, Karen Russell Widener, Callie Jones, the lovely Callie Jones, Lauren Meredith, Jessica Greeno, The Pleasing Terror Podcast with Mike Brown, Sarah Bloom, Amber Croup, Laura O'Reilly, Christine Bourgeois, Kimberly Cameron, Elise Edrington, uh, The History Goes Bump Podcast with Diane Student, Amber Trevino, Annette Petray, Lise Lahara Loops, Alicia and Chip, of course, our good friend Alicia and Chip Mincy, Marquia Smith, Jeff and Don Chestnut. Uh, I hope you're doing well, Jeff and Don. We hope you have a great Christmas. Andrew Happ, a good friend, Karen Barnes, Rachel Flynn, Shirley Strap, who was uh, who is back on active on her page, so we're happy about that. Todd Long, Melissa Montoya, Maja, Shelley Garrett, of course, uh, also Karen Garrett, uh, of course, who is the co-host of Rants and Reasons with the Colonel. She got about thirty-five aliases, Timmy. I think she won about a law or something. <laughs> Lee's. Karen she is uh, shady. Uh, Kristen Malachinsky, Adam McWaters, uh, the Ransom Reason podcast with the lovely Karen Garrett, and then the Colonel. Uh, you're not as lovely. Paula Kimes, the Vanish podcast with our good friend Melissa. Uh, Canadian True Crime podcast. Uh, got some uh, spe- uh, special men- mentions and uh, was. Mentioned as the one uh, one write up to have them as the one of the top uh, podcasts of 2018. So congratulations to Christy Lee. Of course, our good friend Charlie with Insight or an alley uh, continue to make that podcast wonderful. Uh, Angelus Santos, uh, Lydia Wasson Fisher, Kim Stroop, Nicole Adams, also known as Mistress Vader. Colonel, you think she's a dominatrix? Oh, you know she is, Timmy. Ron Montesero, Tracy Smith, Bridget Bernard, Stacy, Cheryl LeBlanc, Weldon, Veronica Marino, Chris Lane, Alexandria, Elaine Baker, Vivian or Vivi, uh, Mark and she, Amanda Lupus, Shannon Arnold, Kimberly Smith, Robin Sherrod, Ruth Keith Whitfield, Casey Kitchens, our good buddy Nick Johnson, Natasha Burgess. Julia Bentley, Patty Schmidt, Lady Beverly, the lovely Lady Beverly. Hope uh, all is well and you have a wonderful Christmas. The Beatles wrote a song about her, too. Yes. Rudy, the Wonder Dog, and my mom, Dottie Scott. So that's it for our podcast today. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back again next week. Until then, goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. Good day. Bye-bye. Okay. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 